Ralph, did you watch the finale of The Boys? I did. Don't say Don't anything. Don't say nothing more. Uh, you guys got to keep up. That's not fair to the rest of us. Earmuffs. I like muffs. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast Classic. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm John Quattrucci. And I'm glad you guys waited until I got home from the storm. My goodness. Yeah, you had yeah, a rough one. What was that? An hour and a half delay, right? We had some uh, yeah, terrible We had some terrible storms here. I'm going black for a second. And I'm back. Uh we had some terrible storms here, and Drew was in the thick of it. And it was so bad that Chris went to Florida. To That's avoid right. the storm, so he's not on the show tonight. But as we yeah. say Boston's in the business, get it. I heard Boston's going to get it. No, we're going to be ninety tomorrow. Sunny and ninety. It's going to be beautiful. The show might be late, but it goes on. So well, that's right. the problem with with country living is that if you have a tree or wires come down across a road, that's what's like the only road. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, farm living is the life for me. Let yeah, up. no, I love it. But Drew, it's like that. It's like that laser issue. beam wall in Obi Wan. Yeah. It's like right. you can't go around it. You have to, I have you to know, shoot it. You have to shoot bit. it. <laughs> we'll have to take out my blaster. It's a tough. I mean, I was in the middle of not not as bad as Drew, but it was. It's pretty brutal. And when it comes up here, it comes up quick, and it's yep. it's all over. Well, I'm much. glad everyone made it home safe. We're That's a good home. thing. Before we move on to what you watch, show. let's uh, let's uh, reflect on a couple people who passed away this week. Yeah. Um. We know James Con passed yeah. away. Sunny. Um. We should do a special on him. We we plan on that. Um, We're gonna do a queue it up episode. That, that's in the other on the other show in the yeah. network. And also, so you guys only do dead people now. Is that well? That, that seems, seems to be, be what's going on. That seems that's to not be the a judgment. It's just a, like you're you're giving the show a more specific Drew, identity. Between you and I, it seems to be the only thing that Ralph is interested in talking about <laughs> are, on that show are dead people. So yeah. I don't whatever. Really. And if I we can trash them, if we can trash them, even better after they're well, we have the best every, theme song. Every month, I'm like, I, I hope somebody interesting dies so they can do a show. And James Conn, he's Ralph? pretty interesting. Uh, Larry Storch. Was interesting. I was about to say Larry yes. Storch. Larry right. Storch of F Troop? 99 Corporal years old. Agarm. 99 wow. years young. And a third person passed, and I can't remember who it was because he I remember was 99? saying. 99? There's the three. Nine years old. But wow. uh, the thing about James Conn, and I'll talk about this. I don't want to spoil too much, but the obituary read, star of Godfather and Elf. Yeah, and, I saw that. And <laughs> it's like, wow, that says it all right there, that That's Elf funny. was his on his obituary. Well, you I know think- what? I, I thought about that, Ralph, and you look at – I didn't even realize how many movies he's actually done. But yeah, when you done. think of the movies that 50 years from now they're going to be talking about with James Caan, it's those two movies. I understand. They're going to be watching Elf I understand, but he's got – there's so years. many other in his yeah. repertoire that – Just think about like we that. should – Thief. Right, which it was his favorite film. Yes, we'll talk about all that, but yeah, Yeah. definitely in misery, and you just get on the list. But he's lucky; he's got two iconic movies that are going to be thought about forever. I know. I just found Elf to be a riot, and actually, that was was, part that was part of his comeback too. I think, kind of back in the was he in that Vegas uh, TV show by that time or before that? uh, That was that was was that before that, which is a great show, by the way. Yeah, two thousand eight, I think that was two thousand six, two thousand eight. When was Elf? I don't, I don't. About that time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So probably the same time. It was so different for him, too. Elf was so different for him. That was early John Favreau, too. So that was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. So we'll be missed. Tough uh, man's man. 
Definitely a man's man. Well, he lived yeah. at the Playboy Mansion in the 70s. Yeah, he so did. Pretty much yeah, apparently dude, he had a streak where he slept with 24 out of 25 centerfolds. Oh. I bet That's it was the 20 years he was doing coke, oh, right? Come on. How can That's you... the 20 years he was doing coke. <laughs> whatever. Hey, whatever. I mean, don't forget Rollerball. Oh, yeah. No, there's a hey, time. I saw that. When, in you, the... when you go down the ID, IMDB. Yeah, you just. Oh, now, you know, I, I have a real soft spot for that movie. I wish great that it film. was a better ending, and I wish they would do the TV show right. But he and Mandy Patinkin together yeah. in that movie were just they were so great. great. Yeah. It's so great. When I mentioned that he died, that's the first movie Maria said. She goes, oh, Alienation, uh, James really? Bond? I go, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Alienation, James Bond. Vegas. I mean, yeah, Alienation and Elf. Yeah. Well, and like John said, Honeymoon in Vegas is another great. Yeah, movie. he was great in that. So, all right. Yeah. I mean, I can still picture him watching Mandy Patinkin drink sour milk yeah. in chunks. <laughs> like his, just the, his face is just yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's good. That was great. Uh, all right, Drew, what'd you watch this week or what are you watching? Since you, well, you've had a long time Worcester. to think about it. <laughs> Have I? Um, well, I went, I, uh, my wife, uh, Kelly, and I, we took our friend Amber. We went to New Jersey on Friday for the night. Uh, we didn't stay the night. We went to a concert of the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. Oh wow! Which was a lot of fun. They um, put on a great show. It's weird seeing artists go on tour two years after the album came out, but that's COVID for you, and yep. it was a good show. But uh, I watched uh, a movie that Ralph had recommended. Um, the most amazing thing about it to me was that I think it only had a forty million dollar budget, which is pretty crazy for a Michael Bay movie called ambulance (laughs) and um i thought the second half was better than the first half but i want to be clear that's not saying a lot because the second half started to have a story and like (laughs) moderately comprehensible editing it was like you know the joke about michael bay is he gets coverage by setting up 27 cameras at once and that doesn't give him choices then he uses 27 shots in every scene (laughs) this movie really truly felt like that yeah yeah it was really it was crazy but um i also i didn't realize it was a remake yeah and it's funny because it's another one of these remakes where the original movie like uh infernal affairs is like 90 minutes and it turned into the departed for three hours and ambulance the movie that this is based on apparently is not even an hour and a half, I think. And what, this was, what is it, an English language hours. movie? I think it's a Dutch film. No, or, it's, I, it's, some, it's uh, something Western European. Yeah, yeah. And it's supposed to be pretty good. I didn't try and track it down or anything. But, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't have was, the drone. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't recommend it for like a classic film. I recommended it for the sheer. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't say I didn't enjoy it. Aud- I, <laughs> I didn't enjoy the, the first, film. I didn't enjoy the first half just because it really was like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm watching. Yeah, but uh, it, it it was uh, it was fun. I'm glad I walked. I watched it, and Kelly left after um, I think 30 minutes, which I thought was pretty generous <laughs> of her. Is this at the theater? No, it's uh, I saw. Okay. I think it's on Peacock or something. It's on one. Oh, of wasn't it? It was in the theater for. It was in the I theater. Saw, yeah. I saw it in the movie. He saw it. Yeah. Russell in the theater. Then the other one I saw. I don't know if any of you guys want to talk about it without spoilers, but I also did finish the boys. Oh, and <laughs> I found it uh, very very satisfying. Um. I thought, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the few shows where it's, it's only eight episodes and that's right. Yeah. I don't, I wish there was more cause I'm enjoying it, but I right. don't go, Oh, this should have been 10 or this should have been two. Like they, right. they, does they it sum up the whole right. thing? No, no, this is going to be one more season no, at least. No, I, There's I no filler it. episodes. That's when they what add, I like about yeah. the, when they the, add yeah. new characters, these characters are great. Like the guy playing Homelander. 
Not Homelander. I'm Soldier sorry. Boy. Soldier, Soldier Boy. Boy. Sure. Now, I know he's done Supernatural. He's been yeah. in other stuff. I haven't seen him in other stuff. He's great. I, I just love his take on this thing yeah. and the way he's playing it and the way they're just the uh, talk about adapts. Just the way they play these things and how just crass and uh, in your face it is. It's so great. It's so Soldier violent. Boy, is that the character they set up? Uh, you know, season two, episode one, when they talk about the first guy. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's played by Jensen Ackles, who brings a lot of, um, uh, you know, he was in Supernatural for 15 seasons or whatever, but he's essentially, you know, all these characters are analogs of uh, existing characters. So he's essentially Captain America, right. Right. but he's as inverted morally as any of the other ones. I mean, if Homelander or Superman were in trouble, if Soldier Boy is Captain America, we're in trouble. And you watch the show and you go, yeah, we're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, it was good. It was just really fun. I look forward to the next season. And, um, Carl Urban continues to just blow me away, man. He, yeah, he's good. He has scenes where he's looking at Ryan and, and he, it's just little movements on his face and you just feel what's going on in his heart. And then he calls somebody a cunt and it's off to the races. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're yeah, making another really series good. too, uh, about, uh, superheroes in training that well, like an X-Men. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Uh, that was great. Now, Drew was down the bottom. Damn it. God damn. Now I have to edit this and flip it around. Well, it's the same on my screen as it was before. It's not on my screen. That's oh. the important screen. Oh. No offense. Oh. No offense. You know, I have an idea about that. If you have to um, make a change like that, you don't like you don't need to draw attention to it. You could just cut from the original layout to the second layout and do like an effect like it looks like tracking like vhs or something as if huh. it was a, a little huh. dist- i think that might just be sort huh. of unobtrusive i'm just Everyone's i'm just spitballing i like when what do i do the, the roku the roku thing is not happening so this is the continuity stuff, but that's fine i, can I still can tell it's a24 though so right uh, all right, so where we were at was the... Um, when we were talking about how disappointing it was that the Emmy nominations came out and Jason Mansukas did not get nominated for uh, playing Tommy Lee's penis. In I didn't Amy hear that. Tommy. How about Yellowstone getting no, no nominations? They got nothing? Oh, wow. Nothing. I heard John you guys Debbie, watch you- Julia. Julia. We were watching Julia. The Cinemax series about Julia Child. Oh. Not to be mistaken with the movie it's Julia a, and Julia. And it's about covering the times of her television series when she first started. And that, that is just wonderful. She's great. Who's playing it, Julia? Um, Julia Child is playing. Sarah Lawrence. Is that what you said? Sarah Lawrence. I thought it was. I could be wrong. Oh. It's good. It ha- As her husband, it has Niles from, um, you know, what's it? David Hyde Pierce or. Frazier. From, from Frazier. And in a real change of pace, he's playing like an up, a really intelligent, uptight, waspy guy. Totally. totally yeah. Wow. That's How'd they ever think of him for something like that? How did he yeah. uh, do that? That's, wow. a, that's, that's a lot. Quite a strength. Yeah, he's, he's actually. Acting. He uses acting skills. He's quite good. <laughs> so we're watching that. But also, I want to give a shout out to a show I've been watching streaming for two years. But as the season ends, I begin to. At the, at the end of season five, I begin at season one. Whenever I work, whenever I'm editing, I like to have something on, something that I've seen before. I can't listen to music because it makes me want to grab my guitar. So uh-huh. what I watch, and it was just taking off Peacock, is The Rockford Files. What are you saying, Drew? Nothing. The Rockford Files. This That's is a- this is Jim Rockford. James, yeah, yeah this is Jim yeah. Rockford. 
Uh, please set the tone. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, since the time it's been on, it's been my favorite detect- television detective series. Stephen J. Cannell, right? Yeah. Um, now, well, do you, I do that too. Are you listening to it while you're editing? You're not watching I'm it. I'm listening, listening to it. Occasionally I'll turn to it, you yeah. know, but you know, it has for me not to be distracted. It has to be something I'm very familiar with. Yeah. And I'm very familiar with this series. It has a great supporting cast. I think Jim Gardner is great. Yeah. And I'm underrated for, for all he could do. His movie career was fantastic. You know, uh, uh, he's passed away. Is there anything bad we can say about him? Yes, there is. Okay. What, what can one you say time, bad? <laughs> I remember this story from one of your friends saying this, and I can't remember which one, so nobody will get blamed. Chris Sharf? No. So he was on a commercial shoot, and they're telling him, you know, after he does. Well, it, let me let me let me tell the story. So he it was for Choice Hotels, and he was right, a tie into the movie Maverick, which was um, you know, the Top Gun sequel, small role in, and. He was doing the voiceover for a commercial, a 60-second commercial. And they went in there, first take. He did it. He was fantastic. But it was 70 seconds long. Oh, so the producer story. and the writer, like, look at each other. And the producer leans in and says, um, Mr. Gardner, that was great, but it's it's a it's a little um, long. And he just leaned forward and said. And I'm sure he's used to hearing that all the time. <laughs> yeah. He just leaned forward and said. So you hired Jim Garner, but you don't want him to sound like Jim Garner. And they said, well, "Oh, okay, we'll we'll make it work, Mr. Garner." Cut out some words. Yeah, exactly. That's the case. He was fantastic. Shatner used to do that too. You know, these guys. You know, Shatner would get. There's a whole. There's a an audio that. thing out there. I heard that where Shatner's like, you know, giving. The how do you want me to do for, it? How do you want me? Why don't you do it? Why don't you show you know, me? What you show want. me how to do it. Yeah. And Casey Kasem, too. Yeah, that's Casey a great Kasem one. Casey Kasem with the top 10 countdown. Garner had a reputation for being litigious. I was reading some stuff about him, and he did say he had a temper, but he said, I have a very long fuse, but I do have a temper. Well, he I just held out on the Rockford Files. He, off. he held out on them for a contract dispute, uh, yeah. the Rockford Files. Yeah. Because well, he was also, wasn't he a producer on it, too, if I remember right? Yeah, he was also, he claimed he was cheated out of a lot of residual. Yeah. He did the greatest Polaroid commercials with Marriott Hartley. And everyone thought they were married. They were married. Yeah, that's great. And here's, here's something really stupid. Like when, the, to punish him on Rockford Falls season five, they got rid of the actress who played Beth as lawyer. And she was one of the best things in the show. It's sort of like, but he liked her apparently, not romantically or anything, but he thought she was really good. So they fire her to sort of teach him a lesson. It's like you weaken your own show to try to te- teach the actor a lesson. It's just, I like the uh, the Stuart Margolis. In oh, that. he's Angel. fantastic. In What's that. his he name? Was Angel. Yeah. Anyway, I that's all I know. I just Tom, Selleck got, Tom Selleck got Magnum because of the P.I. he played on that show. That's right, one that's of the right. best episodes of yeah. the show. He played uh, Lawrence somebody. But, he, was, he, he was like the perfect detective. Yeah. Like Margolis was in something earlier with, with um, Garner. And he said, hey, I want you in this new show. And he's like, well, I'm trying to get direction. And he's like, I'm trying to get work as a director. He goes, well, do that. Whenever you have a couple of weeks available, you know, call us and tell us, and we'll build an episode, put you in the episodes. So basically, he wasn't in all the time because he was doing stuff. But anytime he was free, he'd call them and say, hey, I'm going to have this month off or these weeks off. And they'd put him in a show. He said nobody else would ever think to do something like that. And don't forget Noah Beery. Yeah. Oh, he was as, terrific. Yeah. Originally, as his had dad. Somebody else Rocky. Was Wasn't he Rocky? Was that his name? Rocky? Yeah, Rocky. Yeah. yeah. 
It was a great cast. And, yeah, great show. Those who played the cop too, you know Becker. Yeah, you know, All right? Good old guy. Good old guy. TV. Nothing like it. Yeah. Nice job, John. Yeah, can, like offer, can I Go offer ahead. one uh, correction? The um, series Julia stars Sarah Lancashire. Oh, Lancashire. Uh, I was, oh, she's, no, very she's, done, yeah. she's done a lot of, a lot of British TV, but she's actually in a show that I think a third season is supposed to come this year called Happy Valley, where she plays a police officer that ends up, her yeah. life is shaped by the unsolved murder of her daughter. And she's amazing in an amazing show. So Sarah Lancashire is a, is a t- British TV acting legend. And I think she's a, probably a great choice for Julia. Yeah, like she inst- is, she is oh, a great so choice so for sweet. Julia. I like Sorry instant if I correction. That's too much from that way our viewers don't have to correct us. Correction a lot of fact checking on this show. A lot it of doesn't fact clog checking. up the comments. Right. Susan Hayward stars in Julia. Is that what I heard? No, oh, yeah. it's Rita right. Hayward. Oh, now that's a new running joke. Stop. Okay, John, what'd you watch? Okay, so watch I was going to talk about the terminal list on Amazon Prime starring Chris Pratt. I heard it which sucks. Which is fantastic. Oh. But oh. I'm going to talk about that on. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk about that on StreamQuest when we do it on Queue It Up, but I, I, I Wait, watch why, it. It's did, really good. I'm going to tell Chris, you why I'm going to... Did Chris gonna, Pratt die? Is that why you're going to talk about it on Q Brothers? No, he didn't die. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going I, I, to talk about something else because what happened today was there's a little movie that was made, and I want to make sure I get the year right, 1988, that I am a huge fan of, and it's a movie called The In Crowd, and it's about, um, think of American Bandstand. It's set in the early 60s in Philadelphia. There's a TV show with kids dancing uh, hosted by Perry Parker, who's played by, in fact, the only name in the cast is really Joe Pantoliano. It's Pantoliano. Thank you. Pantoliano. He plays Perry Parker. I'm here for the Italian pronunciation. And And he's dead, by the way. He's dead? No, he's not. Sorry. No, he's not dead. So this movie, you, you, you couldn't get on video. You couldn't get a Blu-ray of it. It was never showing anywhere. And, for, and it's got a, just a fantastic soundtrack. It's a real um, high-energy teen movie. Um, I love this movie. And today it was on TCM. So cool. I watched it before the show, and I had the same feelings I always have about it. I don't know if you'll like it, but there's great dancing in it. The soundtrack is fantastic, and it's got a really sweet love story. And although the cat Donovan Leach is in it, who's the uh, son of the singer Donovan and the brother of Ioni Sky, um, and I don't really know if you'd recognize anybody else in it other than uh, the guy who plays Perry Parker, who's fantastic in it. So different from anything I've ever seen him do. It's it's such a fun movie. It just reminded me of high school, or not high school, but. Uh, yeah, it did kind of because I was doing plays back then and, and our group of friends were always doing crazy stuff, dancing and singing. And it's just such a fun movie. And to see it again, I have not seen it in a long time. It was just just a smile on my face the whole time. Um, so I recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's on TCM right now. It, it's going to be on HBO Max, I assume, because they have that hub. But if you get a chance, um, I think you'll like this movie. So take a look at it. The In Crowd. The In Crowd, yeah. There's another horror film called The In Crowd. This is the 1988 uh, musical. It's really good. Really good. Awesome. All right, I'm going to talk about two things quickly. One of them is political. I'm sorry I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Um, Just a shout-out to Jamie Raskin in his uh, January 6th hearing today. The guy's amazing, constitutional scholar, Um, doing a great job. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It's great. You Sean, be, are you sure you don't proud. want to make a should statement? Be proud of my, I'm of very proud of my congressman. He's my congressman. So. Oh, you should be. 
Uh, and then I'm the second thing I'm going to talk about is Elvis, the movie, ah. which I saw this weekend and I loved it. Okay. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know what the complaints about Tom Hanks. I get it. He's, he went for, he went for an acting thing here and whatever. I don't care about Tom Hanks. He was, uh, he was good. It's from his perspective, but the Elvis stuff is just phenomenal. And the kid is phenomenal. If, if Remy Malik gets it for wearing the funky teeth, this kid, this kid better get the Oscar because it was an amazing performance. Yeah, he did all his own singing, right? Most of it. In Not all of it. They blended it with Elvis. Yeah. Huh. But I, 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 I cool. walked away just, just enamored with Elvis again. I have to admit it. I mean, and, and the, the rec- I had, I've, I have not had goosebumps in films in a long time. <clears throat> and this film gave me goosebumps. The scenes in Vegas where he's performing his, he's just basically doing karaoke. He's performing Elvis's stuff. But oh man, oh man, it, it's just an amazing film. Now, you know, I guess people are going to quibble with the facts and all that. That's fine. But the period stuff they did, the costuming, the, the, the production value, what Daz, what Baz, Baz Luhrmann did, I just, the energy was just going, going, going the whole time. And actually they do a thing at the end where you can't tell if it's Elvis or the kid, the actor. And they blended that two things. And it's such a great way to end the thing. And then I go down, of course, the rabbit hole. And now I'm watching Kurt Russell doing Elvis. And then Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner in 3,000 Miles to Graceland. What a night. Oh, what a night. It's so great. I mean, Kurt Russell just you know basically playing homage to his own to elvis and his own performance of elvis it's just a great film and uh it deserves to be seen and i just think they all did a great job so i highly recommend that film yeah i still haven't seen it i, I, I so i am going to go see it i know i've been hesitant i'm not going to lie i've been hesitant but i'm going to go see it i know i guess if you're a true true elvis fan you're gonna which i am what he did for his you know or his origin story and all that stuff that he pulled off with all the singers and I don't. I didn't care about that. It's just the the kid's performance is just amazing, and 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 watching what Priscilla was wearing and her fashion stuff. I, it's just the production design is fantastic. So well, I think it's everything you rabbit hole and as Erlerman sounds like it. Yeah, what's if that? It made you go down the rabbit hole and and uh, look more into Elvis than than that's that. Well, to then me it did land me on this one Elvis documentary I've never seen, where he's in a car just talking about all the women he's. Banged and blowjobs. He's got. Is that the way I, it is? I don't. I, I don't know. And then, yeah. and then I found Maybe a, an outtake. I don't know. There's a actually- Twilight Zone, a 1996 Twilight Zone, one of the later Twilight Zones, where there's an Elvis thing where the twin takes over, and he becomes the Elvis. Elvis's twin takes over. The it's, one who it's, died. Yes. It's yeah. somehow it's a it's a time continuum yeah. thing, and they bump That's into the each other. Movie that um, I was telling you that uh, Lee. Re- Leo. No, no, this is an episode of Twilight. There was a movie called The Identical, but it's Identical. like it's like the Elvis story, but the twin lived. Oh, and um, Ray Liotta was in it. And yeah, that's a fantastic movie. There's another movie called Heartbreak Hotel. I was about to mention that with one. David uh, David Keith. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Charlie Schlatter, I think it is. But he does a David Keith does a really good job. Yeah, Elvis is old and. He's he's sold out to Vegas, and the kid brings him back to his fifties roots. It's actually he's very good in it. It's not a great movie, but he's really. I think Tuesday Weld is the mother. I mean, doing all this, it does show Elvis's influence on culture and everybody. And you know, you start seeing interviews. I get it, John. I get it. They should do a series with Elvis. Elvis is alive. They've tried a couple. They did a series with Elvis. Elvis. 
If he it were is. alive, he'd be dead by now anyway, probably. Well, he'd be no, dead. He'd, he'd be in a nursing home fighting a mummy. Bubba Hotep. Right. Bubba Hotep. Right. Love it. But he I was, wouldn't be, the, he wouldn't gonna be say as big a legend as he is now if he was alive. Yeah. There's that something else true. I was going to add to this, but you guys keep talking, and then I forget. So that's Sorry, just the Ralph. way it is. That's okay. It's part of the thing. Well, I'm, I'm I forget glad. what it was. I'm I'll really bring it up in the middle of- I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Thank you very much. You should see it and- and uh, just just get into the guy's performance. Cause I it's, will, because uh, everything I've seen about the guy, and I've looked him up on YouTube too, and seen some stuff. It, he looks fantastic. I mean, that's not my that's not my hesitation. My hesitation was that that director does funky things, contemporary things in old time periods, and I'm not a big fan of that. So I don't know if I would like that part. Of it. You will. You'll, you'll, you'll find it okay. It. Yeah, it's minimal. It's actually minimal. Well, that's very, and, and I I read a review, or I've been hearing that they don't do a lot of Elvis songs. I mean, it's loaded. It's not a it's not a ton, but the, the the main ones are there, and it's really about his performance and the energy of his performances, right. and and he nails that without a problem. And they've they've seen, they've shown side by side, and you know he's you know, he's mimicking origin? him. Obviously, he isn't. Yeah. How, what do you think of the origin of his story? You know, coming. Well, up? that's I mean that's the part that he you know mythologized he mythologized that origin as far as looking at black singers and how he and he was raised in a uh jewish uh jewish neighbors yeah Yeah. he was a white white tone of the music um the uh, from the synagogue that you could definitely see the influence in elvis i didn't see that in this he was influenced by gospel and blues gospel and blues that's what he was influenced by there's that um, you know let's not take away Maybe. Whatever. Okay. Enough. All right. Uh, sh- uh, Drew had a long journey to show us this movie about a long journey. So, Drew, yes. what's the film you brought to the table? His quest was getting home. It was. And it was very, very green, getting through a verdant, storm-tossed wasteland. So, that felt like a good warm-up. Yeah, it did. did. Uh, it was an hour and um, uh, almost 40 minutes to get home, which is shorter than this film. <laughs> um, I did something... Um, I enjoyed the last couple of episodes where we watched movies that um, I had never seen before. So I picked a movie that I had never seen before to bring to you guys. Oh, I Wait didn't know that. I've never seen this. I've never seen it. It has been on my list for some time. I'm a very, very big fan of David Lowry, who's the writer director, the writer with an anonymous 14th century poet, obviously. Um, and, uh, I, I really thought it was a, a very special movie. It's, uh, it's really incredibly smart and ambitious and beautiful. I don't know that I really connected with it emotionally, but I liked thinking about it. And I really, uh, I thought it had a, a lot of just really different levels of things going on all at the same time. But uh, mostly I was just struck by how lush it was and the casting and, and the filmmaking of it. And I'd be really curious to hear what you guys think of it, but I can set it up for you. Well, what's the name of the film? The film is called the green Knight. Uh, it is based on the Arthurian legend, the uh, Sir Gawain and the green Knight. That is a 14th century uh, poem. It's one of the stories of King Arthur and the Knights of the round table, which is, you know, one of those things that is is just part of uh, culture at this point. And there have been many, many different versions of many different stories uh, to varying degrees of success uh, of King Arthur and of his knights in movies and books. And I mean, literally hundreds of years. And Arthur, the 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 person that may actually have been Arthur is probably from about the f- sixth century. And the common image of Arthur is 
like middle ages, 15th century, big, you know, suits of armor, all that kind of stuff. And, and there've been a bunch of Arthur movies in the past few years that I haven't seen like Guy Ritchie's movie. Friends. Brothers and sisters. Who can regale me and my queen with some myth? Or tale? Oh, greatest of kings. Let one of your knights try to land a blow against me. Indulge me in this game. I will be deep. This went its own way with a story uh, of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And the story is very simple. Um, and the story is what's in the movie, but it inverts some things and it plays with some things. And you can decide if you found that successful or not. But I thought it was, um, it made a story that's, if you know the story, it's a very familiar story. It made it very uh, unexpected. And um, I wish I had... Um, Mr. Ineson's voice because he does the voice of the Green Knight. Uh, yeah. Even though it is also, he's a, not just the voice; he's in the suit. Well, he's in the suit as well, but his voice. Um, yes, it is. There is a, a, a there are effects on it as well, but his voice is that yeah. rich and deep. And uh, the movie is just uh, that's really the guy from The Witch. Beautiful. He's from The Witch. He's uh, <laughs> he's uh, from The Office. He's the guy that uh, says he's really good at throwing and throws shoes over the office. He's been in a lot of different stuff. But I'd be really curious to hear what you guys thought of it. I think there's a lot to say about this movie. And this was uh, a movie that was delayed by COVID. And I am sorry that I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater, but I'm very glad I got a chance to see it. So what do you guys think? Well, it reminded me of uh, The Odyssey. 
you know, the journey that he was taking. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely went somewhere uh, throughout mm-hmm. the movie, the traveling. I like the uh, quietness of the film. He did the other film that I really liked um, where the, uh, the the lighthouse. Oh, no, no, no. You're thinking well, that's uh, the guy who directed. Um, that's the, the guy witch. who did the witch. The witch. Yeah, no. No, this good. very much felt like The Witch. Yes. And it also very much felt like that other guy's follow-up film that takes place in The Lighthouse. Called you know, The Lighthouse. Kind of, yeah. The eerie music. Yeah, it was. You know, the minimalistic um, storytelling, you know, setting it in a very distinct place and time. Though, interesting, usually when Debbie watches a film like set in the Old West or set in said in olden any any older times she always says oh i wish i lived in those times oh watching God, this really? as they're going down that he's going down that road and it's winter and she's like i am so glad i wasn't alive back then it was so cold <laughs> it right? was so in that cold. castle it, it looked very cold i tell you it's um it was a great mood piece yeah you felt like you were there and right? it was very minimalistic i mean if you're really familiar with the arthurian legend you'll know who a lot of those people are. You know, like his mother was the witch who was like mm-hmm. plaguing Arthur, you know. Um, Morgan Le Fay. Yeah. And um, who was like, if you watch, to me, the Arthur one I always go to is um, probably not the best one to go to, Excalibur, mm-hmm. John Borman film from 1981, which I think does a pretty big thing of it. But it's sort of like he hands him the sword you know, to, to attack the knight with. And it's like, unless you're familiar with the author lives, it's like, wow, he's handing them Excalibur, right? you know, this legendary sword. But you don't, there's like no, there's like no sense of all or anything. It's really matter of fact. And a lot of it's really matter of fact. And, um, you know, but it's a very beautiful film, even though it's, it looks like it's a high budget film, but it also looks like it's a very low budget film. I was going to look up the budget. I do, generally speaking, I don't look at the film. I don't look, go to the IMDb. I don't look at the trailer. If it's a film I haven't seen, I do not look it up before I watch it because I don't want to be tainted by other opinions of it. But I, I really enjoyed this film, but I got to admit, we, Debbie and I had to eventually turn on the subtitles. And yeah. rewatch some scenes because it's sort of like they would say something. We're like, what? what? What did they say? And it, it would be really stuff that seemed really important. So we did have to uh, rewatch it a bit. And because it was, it was a high value rental. I just bought the Blu-ray and I'm glad I did because yeah, $10. Thanks for a while. I will be watching this movie again. I, don't I think like, I'll be watching it with the grandkids. But. And I love the part where the fox, I love that fox and that, how they, I thought they CGI'd it. Sean said it was a real fox. No, well, not a, at the end. No. You don't think even when the, you initially saw the fox? Maybe, but when it's talking? When it's talking, yeah. obvious, obviously by the, the time back, it's right. talking, um, CGI. Yeah. yeah. But it could no. have been real animal mix like on Maybe. Jungle Book. Maybe. Um, Jungle Book. Yeah. But the camera work was really amazing. Like, I loved the shots in time because as he, I don't think the plot was really explained. Basically, Arthur, um, King Arthur, we don't know who the guy is at first because he seems to be mainly enjoying his time in houses of ill repute. He gets called for like this Christmas party 
with the king. And king while, Arthur. And he's, you know, King yeah. Arthur. You don't even really know it's King Arthur. Well, you see the round table, you kind of figure that one out pretty Yeah, quickly. but I mean, you figure it out, but it's, none of this is really no. explicitly stated. Because yeah. we come, we drop right into the movie. Yeah, and um, while they're there feasting, you know, his uh, mother is performing some sort of ritual, which seems to be affecting creating. Pagan, a pagan ritual, yeah. And um, well, those are the best comes in. Yeah. Uh, sister. Yes, King Arthur's sister. Which was the um, mother of the hero. Yeah. So the, the knight, there's this knight, and he's like the green knight. He's he's a supernatural creature, at least in this. And he's sort of made of wood. And he comes with a large axe. Arthur invites him in. And he basically challenges, gives Arthur a note that says, whoever strikes me, uh, you know, someone to strike me. And then a year later, they must come to the Green Chapel and I will be allowed to strike them as I see fit. Well, whatever. No, it was whatever you do to me, I'll do to you a year from now. Yeah, but he also he also gives himself a caveat there. Okay. So, and King know, Arthur says to the Arthur's mighty knights are all afraid. So the, our hero volunteers to do it. Who's trying and to prove himself? He hasn't done anything in his life yet. Yeah, at one point, Arthur right. asks him, "Tell me a tale," and the kid says, "I have no tale. I can't tell you anything." So he's going to use this as his way of. And he wouldn't impress- sit next to the king because he impressing said he his. Well, he eventually did, but this is his way of impressing his right. his uncle. So he beheads the knight, and then he's famous, you know. But the knight just picks up his head and rides, you know, gets on his horse and rides away, laughing. Says, I'll see you in a year. Yeah, and he leaves this axe, this huge axe. For the kid, and you know he's not a kid; he's a man. And the year passes. He's a hero. He's toasted for his brave deed. But then it's time to hang on. He's he's not a hero. He's toasted as a hero, but he's not a hero. Not a hero. Not a hero. Exactly. That's I think a big important part of why he behaves the way that he behaves, and what the movie has to say about what he also does not necessarily want to do it. Right. Well, and he's afraid, which I think is okay. You can be a hero and be afraid. But, and, but he, also, um, he's sort of like even talking to Arthur. Arthur, it's like, do you really think he's sitting in some chapel counting the hours until I, till I arrived? Which Arthur's like, we won't know until you go. Right. <laughs> and it's like, and what do you think? Is he going to kill me? We don't know. <laughs> you know, right. it's sort of like you have to go and find out. So he well, leaves- Arthur whisp- also Arthur whispers in his ear. It's only a game. Right. That's how he starts this. It's just a game. Yeah, which uh, in, in medieval literature like this, it, it's something called the beheading game. Okay, right. And there's another game that is also called the winnings game, which they also refer to, you know, where you share the winnings. And that, but, you know, as a spoiler, I, you know, it's, um, it really veers off from the poem. Yes. In the sense that, the, the Lord who takes him in near the Green Chapel, in the poem, he is the Green Knight. Right, right. Or masquerades right. as the Green Knight. And he saves him because he doesn't sleep with the Lord's wife. You know, I think he sleeps with him in this one. It's hard to tell. He's well, only like shoulder. He doesn't really sleep with him, but he's getting they a handy a, for They sure. have a moment yeah. of sexual release onto yeah. a piece of fabric. Yes, that's a, you know, but to what degree? And, and she sa- kisses him in much. the um wow. every, every day he kisses the Lord. Ten CCs. Yeah, and um 
in in the poem, he kisses them on three different days. The right. first day, because the game is you have to give me the richest treasure you've received. And then the first day, the, the guy's wife kissed him once. So that was the biggest treasure I received. So he kisses the Lord. The second day, the wife had kissed him twice. And the third day, he kissed him three times. So he kisses him three times. They obviously abbreviate. Well, the third time he kissed, she kissed him three times and gave him the sash, the magic sash. Right. Yeah. And then that third time he kissed the Lord three times, but didn't give him the sash. Right. Yeah. Which is where the problem started. Yeah. For him. So, you know, ultimately he has to go and he has to prove himself. Yeah. But the, but the, the Green Knight is an amazing character. Yeah. I think he's a great, a great makeup. A, as Drew said, a great voice. You it's, know, it's, at, it's, he's got a great attitude. It's sort of like at first the boy flint, the young man flinches, which really pisses him off. You flinch? Did I flinch when you chop my head off? I don't, my know that, I, don't be, know, I don't know that he was anger even. He was, he was just disappointed. like, come on, really? I mean, yeah. like we had a deal essentially. That, that's all the movies are about game. honor, right? right? And so if you're going to play the game, you have to play the rules. Right. And I like the second brave enough to do that. I like the second one. He stops him a second time and goes, it's like, wait a minute. Is this all there is? Because he was after this quest and waiting here, he was expecting more. And he's like, what else in the night? It's like, what else would it be? You know, it's sort of like that's the question. One of the questions the movie itself poses is, is this all there is? That's why there's that, that line where, uh, uh, Essel, his, his prostitute, girlfriend played by Alicia Vikander, as opposed to later in the movie, the lady also played by Alicia Vikander. Um, she says, what's the line? Uh, why greatness? Cause he talks about greatness. He goes, why greatness? Why is goodness not enough? Yeah. And that's a question that, uh, I think dogs Gawain in this movie that he doesn't really have an answer for. Cause yeah. the, the changes that they make from the original story, I mean, in the original, and again, original story is a little broad because there are different versions over different eras and everything. But Morgana Le Fay is Arthur's sister that schemes against him. Yeah. She's not Gawain's mother in the legend. His his other sister, Morgauza, is, is Gawain's uh, mother. So Gawain is family. But when we meet him, he's a knight. He's a noble knight. He's the knight of Sir Gawain and the lovely lady. He's you know a good man. This Gawain is uh, Morgana's sister and uh, Morgana's son and still like you said uh, an unproven boy essentially uh he um doesn't seem to be really that highly thought of although arthur gives him the opportunity to step up but the original the original green knight it's himself was created by morgana lefay to go in and essentially to you know uh, be a, a problem and even an attack on arthur and Gawain steps in. It's like, oh no, I'll, I'll take, I'll stand up for the king. I'll play the game. This, I, I think you could argue that Morgana Le Fay, uh, his mother makes the green knight as a way to test her son's metal to that's, make him that's that's what that's better for the world. And then the rest of the movie is about how he isn't good right. enough. I mean, he, he fails not, on every count. Yeah. He doesn't live up to the values of chivalry, like right. piety and generosity and, and all these different things, or even honor perfect. and all these things. He's ambushed by two women and a boy. You know what I mean? Well, well that's because he, he wasn't generous. I right. mean, he, brought that, that was, he brought that on himself. I mean, the kid, yeah. the kid, first of all, the cast in this movie is ridiculous. I mean, Barry Keoghan is the boy that he meets and he's, uh, he, recently he was the Joker in the new Batman, but he was in Dunkirk. He's been in a, a ton of stuff. He's amazing. And, you know, the first thing he says is, I'm looking for my dead brothers. 
which is an opportunity for Gawain to be like, oh, that's yeah. awful. Let me help you. But he yeah. doesn't even do that. And then he throws him a coin when he gets directions. So I don't think people deserve to be killed in the forest, but I don't really feel that bad that they punished him because he had the chance to be a decent person to this stranger and he wasn't. And there's a lot of that. Like there's when he finds Aaron Kellyman as St. Winifred, which is a different story, the headless woman, that's not part of the original story. It's its own story. And Aaron Kellyman, by the way, she's in, um, uh, Captain, a bunch Captain of stuff. American winter soldier. She's in, um, solo. She's the, uh, yeah. the head of the, the gang that you think is a villain. That's really the rebels. And uh, she's a wonderful actress. So it was a little delight seeing all these people show up for these little vignettes, but you know, he's going to go and get the head of this woman who tells him this terrible story of being stalked and murdered. And he's like, well, what do I get in exchange? Exactly. That is probably that's pretty the, awful. The grassest thing he does. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Other than so, taking the baby away from its mother later. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a well, very different a concept second, of yeah. Sir Gawain as the it's, knight. It's, yeah, it's not the palm. He flipped the palm. Yeah. Uh, I saw this three, four months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Because uh, I had heard all about it, and, and I wanted to watch it. Uh, and I was confused. I had no idea about the palm, and I was okay. confused as hell when I watched it the first time and had to do the dive and figure out what's going on. And I didn't really quite get in enough as I did this time, because when I watched it this time, I had a slightly better understanding, but then I started watching Joseph Campbell, you know, the, 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 the myth guy. And yeah. he mentioned specifically the poem that this movie is based on. And he goes through the whole poem in this clip on YouTube. And that poem was a knight. The guy was a chivalrous, a chivalrous, whatever. A he, was a, chivalrous. Yeah, he was a knight oh, where this guy isn't. I just, I just thought the, I just thought this director impressed the hell out of me. Uh, on many, many reasons. I mean, I saw a, a clip of him explaining the scene that they created when the Green Knight first comes in. And half that film is matte paintings on the side. All those extras are matte paintings. And, and I just liked his attitude about why he made this film. And his whole purpose of this film was to prove that you're a good person. And that's what this guy had to prove by the end of it. Cause he was such a shit all the way up till the very end. And they do that scene. Where he imagines, I guess, what's going to happen if he if he lies and says if he runs away, right? That was the whole purpose of that. That if he runs away, this is what's going to happen, and you see the demise of what's going to happen. And ultimately, he chooses to do the right thing, and we don't know how it ends. We're he not given we're not given a clear ending. He didn't kill him. We don't know. You don't know that. We don't know I, if he's going to be the king. No. Yeah. I think you could read it. I think you could you can read, read it, it any way, way you want. I don't think, I don't think after you, after you see his vision of the life, the, the last temptation of Christ scene, basically, right. I don't think after you see that, that then he says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go through with this. And then that's what happens anyway. I think that's pretty clear, but he, um, he says, I'm going to let you strike the blow. And the last line of the movie is basically, okay, off with your head. And you could read that as um, he takes his head off. You could read that as, okay, off with you. Go ahead, take your head with you. It's not the ending of the story where the, uh, as you said, the the Lord is revealed to be the Green Knight and he just sort of nicks him. Nicks says, we, we almost played the winnings game right. So we're going to finish the the heading game this way. And, right. and he lives. But again, I mean, Gawain is not, is not the same person in the, in the poem and in the, and in the movie. And I think that makes it much richer. 
I just want to, you know, uh, John called me today and said he wanted to know if I like this film. And he knows my feeling about fantasy films and all this. But I love King Arthur lore. That for some reason, this is the one fantasy films that I could, I dive into and I love. And I love the performance of the guy playing King Arthur and the queen and the fact that he played them as old aging people that the kingdom they've had all this peace and he's dying and he knows he's going to die and he's trying to pass something on and the only thing he can pass on to is this kid that he has who he's trying to create this knight out of and i just love the performance that that guy sean sean harris did sean uh, harris play, yep. playing the king and the woman playing the queen was also in witch uh with yep. the other Kate guy Dickie. ralph yep uh and i just thought that 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 whole setup of the king aging and him dying was just beautiful. And also the circle of life that's throughout the whole movie, including their crowns, which have the circle, that puppet show that shows circles become a big thing that, that everything repeats itself. It's all cyclical. And one of my favorite and- scenes is when he's struggling to get out and it pans around and the seasons change. Well, and then and you see, you see that dead body too, right? Yeah. That's him. That and then it so- dance back. It's showing the alternate reality. Yeah. Well, one theory was that he actually died, and what we're seeing is what happened after he died. He, what he imagined when he passed well, the other away. One, he was hallucinating. Right. But I don't think that. I think he was just showing. And and her speech, the 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 lady's speech in the in the in the castle, mm-hmm. is about how everything green, how why green is so important because it doesn't matter what you do in life, we're all going to turn to green mold and moss and. It doesn't matter how great you are. We're all going to be dead. We're all going to be covered by green. It doesn't matter. Um, and I just found that message just beautiful, especially after I read about the myth and all the stuff that went into and how the director expanded on that to make this film. And he did. He flipped it around. Now, no. I, I agree with you totally on that point, Ralph. And the, and the point was like when he was going to be destined to die and he finally gave up his green belt and he was he was going to accept his fate right and uh it it was like he couldn't try to be more loved you know what i mean by this night this uh tree trunk right well yeah but i think that was the action that the green knight looked at and said oh you do get it yeah and if you notice that off with the head the off with the head was a little playful yeah, he smiles I, at him essentially. Right. Yeah, and I thought you know? he said, "Off with your head!" Like pointing. Now get off. No, I, mean, well, I, th- did, I think did. that's a legitimate way to read it. He, I think it really could be right. either way. Yeah, and I loved it like, because it was almost like you know, for me and what I got from that this whole film. And now I'm reflecting on how great the film is. Now that I see it for what it is, it's like a a, a truth of in the faith. You know, you you cannot be loved more by God than what you already. You know, we try to be good people. We really fail at that. You know, even the best of us are failures sometimes, you know, a lot of times. I mean, that's how life is. You know, you, you sometimes have good days and sometimes you have bad days. But for the most part, at the end of it, God looks at you with love, great love. And um, that's uh, it doesn't matter what you, you you could try to be good, but it doesn't matter because he, he loves you no matter what. Well, I, it's funny. I took the opposite, which is just. We're going to be earth to earth, ashes to, you know, it's like. Well, our bodies but there is magic. But our there's bodies well, there's that, that, that's the thing with these, these Arthurian movies is the magic involved, the giants involved, the talking, like the talking fox. Fantastic. 
Yeah. It's just oh, there for us. You guys, check out his. He does a Vanity Fair. Right? He, he does a Vanity Fair where he sketches out that first scene where the Green Knight comes in. And just listen to the things he's saying. And he ends with this beautiful thing about how he was just trying to show that most people are good and they want to do good. And I just don't. He goes, I know my movies aren't going to live forever. They're not. He goes, as much as I want people to remember me for the rest, they're not. I just have to do good while I'm here. While I'm on the earth, I have to do good. That's the best I can do for anybody or myself. And I just was like, oh, my God, this guy. Uh, what a message he's sending. And I just, I love the film. Love the film. Yeah. I'm interested to hear what John has to say. Yeah, John. Well, so I'm big in the Arthurian legend, okay? I read Once in Future King. I love Camelot. I love Excalibur. I love all those movies. So I was, uh, I knew nothing about this movie other than it was about Gawain. I don't even think, I don't even think they call him Gawain in this movie. It was something else. Call him Gawain. Gawain is a different pronunciation. So I was, I was really looking forward to this movie. And um, it's, uh, uh, my feeling for this movie, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But there were, ver- I found things very frustrating in this movie. One, I thought it was way too dark. I'm listening to how beautifully shot it was, and that's fine. But there were scenes where I couldn't see anything or hear anything during it. I'm going, so what choice was that? The other thing was it was very confusing to me. Now, in hindsight, right, because I I did a little rabbit hole digging too, and I understand a lot more. But shouldn't the movie provide some of that? Because if you don't know anything about this poem or the legend, you wouldn't know who Morgan Le Fay was. You wouldn't know. She's the one who created the Green Knight in this movie because that little sprout that comes up is green and he's of the earth. Second of all, they write that parchment out and they seal it with the green thing. And that's what the Green Knight right. hands to the king. So this right. was her trying to turn her her son into a knight. The whole thing was a test for him that he failed every single time other than the very end. Because there were things that I was frustrated about. The giants were beautiful. What the hell was it about? Why were they there? It was just the magical realm. Well, I guess. The world's I guess the the fox who talked for a little bit, then they got in a fight and left. Who was that fox? Why was the fox trying to guide them? The fox. The fox speaks in the voice of his mother. I think is is okay. So I didn't catch that. Well, his mother's throughout the whole film. The old lady that's sitting at the table. Okay. Well, how do you know that? Well, I don't. Here's the thing. I didn't know that. Like when I said the first time I watched it, I didn't quite. I still appreciated the film. I didn't have to know the poem to appreciate what was going on going on in this film. Now that I know the poem, now I'm way more fascinated by it. Well, okay, that's fine. But but I'm saying like you would never know that old woman had anything to do with the mother. Why she had the blindfold on? She had the blindfold on. Never says anything, never acknowledges it, other than touches the face. Of uh, right, so like, touches okay, the face the same. What was that she, about? And she had the blindfold. So right. I'm thinking that's that's part so of the witchcraft. To me, that was for me that was a problem. And you okay. talk about you know last week we talked about how bad Spencer Tracy was, and this week you talk about how brilliant the king and queen were, who were in the whole thing for about four minutes, who didn't do much. And I'm they, like, they did everything. That's incredible. Do now Dev Patel was excellent in this. I mean, he was excellent in this. Uh, I really pre- and and the woman. Uh, uh, what's her name? The, who played both roles? She was great. And and the other guy, Joel Edgerton, is that who that was? Yeah, yeah Joel Edgerton is the he, Lord. He was yeah. excellent. But the king, queen, uh, whatever. Really? Uh, wow. I found it a little confusing. Um, and then as I did more in-depth research, I started to understand a lot more, which made the movie better than when I first watched it. And to me, it's like, 
I needed some of that in the movie. I didn't want to have to do a lot of research to figure things out in the movie. That's what I thought this lacked. I thought it was a little more style than substance, but I, 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 I would kind of put this right in the middle. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it because it kept me, I wanted to know what was going to happen at the end. Um, cause knowing the poem, I was like, how are they going to do this? Cause he, you know, it was kind of retconning it. But, but the thing to me was this kid was becoming a knight and the mother was testing him and he failed up until the very last moment. Cause everything he did, he did wrong, which, which I, I, I totally got. And, and then that little flashback at the end when he realized, you know, if, if he ran away, this is what's going to happen. I found that interesting too. And I like the ambiguity of, of the ending. I, I did, that didn't bother me. But but my biggest problem with this movie was was it, it, it got a little plotting at some points, and it was way too dark. I, I, there were just when they finally got some light, it was like, oh my god, look at how beautiful everything is. But there were times where you couldn't see anything or barely see anything, mm-hmm. and that bothered me. Same thing with the audio; you couldn't understand the dialogue. I didn't even think to put on the subtitles. I probably should have. So so yeah. again. Uh, I was really looking forward to this movie because I love that stuff. Uh, you know, it was good. I, I, I can't say. I'd be curious to see what you'd think if you watched it a second subtitles. time. And I don't think I, I was just going to say I don't think I could watch this a second I, time. I want to address some of the, the stuff that you're saying because it all it all makes sense. It all feels like legitimate criticism. Uh, I think I would totally agree that let's say there's an opacity to the storytelling it is uh, a level of obscurity that makes some of it harder to really get into because the world building is just it's just there it's just thrown at you and some of what is the world building that's just thrown at you you should um already know because you would be familiar with sir gawain and the green knight because that's just a big part of english literature history all these sorts of things so if you're not familiar with that story at all which, I mean, that happens, uh, that is going to be a, a lot more to figure out. And then learning about it after you're going to learn more about it like that. Yeah. The, um, the darkness, it's interesting because it's, it's a fantasy movie, but it's based on a King Arthur story, which is a historical story about a moderately historical figure that's been constantly reinterpreted. The darkness of it, I think, inside the buildings versus the lush brightness of what's outside. I think that's a deliberate storytelling choice. Uh, that may or may not work for you. And the whole, uh, I can't understand what people are saying. I mean, you know, we joked about that when we talked about Tenet, I mean, Christmas vacation, yeah. but that is a trendy thing that, that a lot of people are doing. I, I can't say that I like that either. But if you were in that era, which is just real enough to be an echo of medieval England, uh, they shot the whole thing in Ireland. The buildings, they were dark. They were heavy. They were all those things. So I think that's an element of trying to make it seem more realistic, which is what Excalibur did too. Excalibur was full of like dirty, grimy surfaces and, and it felt more real than, uh, like the musical Camelot or something, which, which really leans into the fantasy of it. Cause that's the thing is this, this, this is shared story of King Arthur. There's lots of different versions and some of them are terrible and some of them are wonderful. I mean, the, 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 story that i go back to i remember i read what's her name um uh rosemary sutcliffe she wrote like children's versions of uh king arthur's stories she wrote three books about it uh the sword in the circle and um and then uh it basically takes you through the sword in the stone story all the way towards mordred and the last battle and all these different things and that's sort of when i think of king arthur i think of that and other people will think of different movies. They'll think of different books, different stuff. So this is a, this is like David Lowry sort of saying, this is my version of the story. 
but I definitely understand the feeling left out part because I, I didn't grow up Christian. So when I saw the passion of the Christ, I said, I have to figure out what's really going on here because there's no context for any of this at all. And I knew some of what was happening. I knew about, you know, the gardens of Gethsemane and I knew that the narrative of Judas and things like that, but like all these specific things. I mean, I was interested in it enough to say, I want to know what's going on. So if you don't know, like, I don't understand why this is happening because you don't know the story, then yeah, you're not going to get the inversion of it until right. later, which I'm glad it makes you want to go and, and learn about that stuff because the movie is, it's so thoughtfully constructed that even when stuff doesn't work. And like I said, I didn't, it didn't get my heart. It didn't, it didn't grab me that way, but. It um, grabbed my heart more than other things. I did actually, but I tell you, I do love, it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, we're talking about, you know, would young kids like Elvis, you know, it's sort of like on this, it makes, I think on one hand, it would be frustrating that a lot of people, younger people who aren't into the classics would, would have a hard time even figuring out it's Arthur unless they looked at some materials about it. But me true. as a person, I liked, it's like, it's like, oh, that's Excalibur. Man, and they're not even saying anything. You know, I really like well, the you, sense that it If you take all ordinary. that away, but again, if you take all that away, forget that it's, let's say it's not King Arthur, it's just some other, you know, but it's still a story about someone having a journey and they have to prove themselves or not. No, I mean, themselves. I think it yeah. works as that. But take away all that. I'm surprised that, John, you surprise me sometimes because I just found the acting, it's funny where we get across our swords, literally cross our swords here, but I found the king and the queen, the king in particular, his take on King Arthur, I just thought was fascinating. I thought that's something you'd go, what that, where that guy came from. I mean, he was acting La- kingly. He was Lowry acting- talks about, Lowry talks about, they staged that speech he does about Christmas and being with my friends. And he was just going to stand at the end of the round table and do the speech. And Sean, Sean, Sean Harris, the day of the shoot said, you know, I think I'd like to walk around while I'm doing this speech. And Lowry's raving about this guy's acting choice to do that move and do that speech because it put him around with everybody and it made him more part of the fact that he's a camaraderie with these knights and these people are friends of his. I just, I just found all the, all the choices they made to be really strong. And then when I found out that Ralph, the actor Ralph was in the suit on the horse, the guy's actually a horse rider mm-hmm. and that was no CGI at all. That was all. That was all a costume that they created. It's just, just, I was blown away by all the choices this director made. I love yeah. practicals. Right. And he, and he made me love the film. His passion about this film made me love it. And I want to see it again. Like I now I've seen it twice. that way when you first saw it. Now. No, when I first saw it, I was confused and I was yeah, a little like, why go. don't I, and feeling like I should know this stuff. But still, when Drew brought it for this one, I go, you know, I'll give it another shot. And I'm glad I did because I, it allowed me to get more into it than I did the first time, finding out about Joseph Campbell and all the other stuff I read about it and, and, and how important this poem was and, and, and the fact that he flipped it. And he made him not a knight. And that scene at the where where she seduces him in the bed, and she says, "You're no knight." She's dismissive. "You're no knight." It's yeah, we just, had to it, back that up to hear what she's. Uh, it's just so strong, and I yeah, just sure, I, that's that why you backed the, it up. That was one of the scenes we have to back up to see what she said. You know why she said that. And, but everybody yeah, he met, it was a test for him, so, and he failed the test. He failed every her. test. And except the last one. Yeah, that's except that's the tension is that he's not a knight yet. Right. The whole movie. And he right. might never yeah. be a knight. 
you know, it, it, I, I want to say something about the King Arthur performance. Sean Harris is an incredibly talented actor. He's been in a lot of stuff and he is one of those guys that's very different in every role. I yeah. don't know if you saw, um, Harry Brown, which was that Michael Caine death wish. I did see it for I, a senior. Yeah. He plays a drug dealer villain in that movie. That's really one of the most terrifying things I've ever yeah. seen. It's the same guy and he plays the villain in the last two Mission Impossible movies. Right. Uh, and he is terrifying and he's a, in Prometheus. A too. He's in Prometheus. He's been, he was in the Red Riding series, uh, TV series. Like he's been in all these different things. But in this, I, I didn't know what to expect because remember, we don't usually see Arthur as old. No, we don't usually see Arthur as old. And Guinevere is essentially the same age. The closest I could think of was that movie First Night with Sean Connery as Arthur and Richard Gere as Lancelot and, um, Julia Ormond as a much younger Guinevere. And yeah. First Night is a movie that I would describe as, if I'm going to be generous, a movie and not good. But I think, um, it was just, it's a, again, a wrinkle on something that you already know. Now, if you don't know that it's King Arthur, if you don't get that it's King Arthur, then you're going to miss that level of it. But I think, you know, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is a fantastic movie by the Coen brothers. If you know it's the Odyssey, you will get yeah. another layer out of it. But you so don't I'm need it. If you've you watched don't it, it again, to you don't need it to enjoy it. I agree. But if you, but you enjoyed it more this time, Ralph, because that's right. You, you needed it for this. Well, that's for, yeah, because that's, it, the movie okay, made me want yeah. to find out more, which is what all I care about when I watch these things. Now, when uh, I was watching this film, uh, John, I, I was prone. I was laying down and I had to sit up because, because it, you know, you have to really watch it. And once we change the, um, the, Subtitles. Subtitles in. It changed everything. Yeah, because then you get more in. It draw. It draws you into it, and mm. and it's it's just. I had no. That's funny. I had no problem. Yeah, I found that frustrating, and I didn't well, find it too dark either. I thought it oh was my gosh, and just there it was, was only like one or two scenes. I'm like desolate oh, when it had to be yeah. desolate. The giant scene is an amazingly yeah. It is. I'm not, I, it is, is but they were saying. I, I know what Drew's saying. I totally get that. You, you know, you're using natural lighting because that's what existed then. I get that, but it was frustrating for me because yeah. I couldn't see well, anything. So I would have liked a little bit of light. And Batman, yeah, the, the, that's when how the there Batman was light. Was it was too. beautiful. Yeah, no, well, it's a, we should it's bring a in Barry Linden. Yeah, that's I was just going to yeah. say that it's a descendant of Barry Linden for sure. And you know, there are other movies that use a lot of natural light in this era that I think are look a lot bleaker, like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And this movie is is gorgeous. Holy Grail is a fantastic movie, but it's not pretty. Right. It's more like the dirty Excalibur, which also has beauty in it and stuff. But um I have to say I I, I don't know if any of you guys have seen this. I kind of guess Ralph has. I don't know if you have, Sean. But when that fox turned around and started talking, which by the way, my dog Hazy loved i mean she was wrapped when that fox started talking it was kind of amazing uh, i immediately got really worried because i thought of the movie antichrist with willem dafoe <laughs> which has a lot of talking foxes yeah. and genital torture but it didn't go in that direction so i was very happy well, that, that it wasn't that way well, I guess but, um, well foxes are a big symbol in all these poems too I mean, yeah. they oh, represent yeah. they represent the death i don't know there's you know again i went down the rabbit hole i don't believe me i'm not a scholar at all about this stuff but uh I, I, it made me more fascinated about the poem as well and why he flipped things around the way he did the choices he made well it's a oh. it's a legend it's yeah. a legend yes. and legends are pliable and, uh, and Arthur's legend is as much a legend for us as Americans as it is. I mean, we are the seed of Albion. We are descended from 
England. We, those are our roots. And yeah. so I think Arthur is a, a legend and a story that, you know, any human can connect with. But if you're looking into the sort of the, the, the national past of, of this country, we are, uh, you know, something that came out of England. So I think there's sure. a, an affinity for that. And I think there's a reason that it resonates around and the world. And it does help. And this knowing... one won't, this one won't resonate around the world. No, it's definitely not as, as broadly pitched, but I no. think it's, I was so happy I watched it and uh, it was so, now it was it, so worth to, the time to to get into it and pay attention. Have you seen no. his movie, The Ghost Story? I haven't seen that one. I'm actually afraid to watch that. Uh, I've heard that it is absolutely um, beautiful and devastating, yeah. but also I really don't like Casey Affleck. Oh, well. So I'm not sure if I want to yeah. if I want to do that. He did as an he actor, did, or as a person, as as a person. Yeah. Um. He um. He um. Also did they've done all these live action Disney movies. One of you guys, I think it was Sean, maybe you mentioned The Jungle Book earlier that's one of the few live action disney adaptations i think that was made and the other good one is pete's dragon which david lowry did with bryce dallas howard and carl urban and that's that's fabulous and he did ain't them body saints uh which was his i think his first feature and it's cut from the same beautiful thoughtful cloth not for everybody but this movie is also definitely an a24 movie i was about to say this may be my favorite a24 movie oh really okay yeah, that, that, uh, I don't know what that A24 is, is the studio company. that produced yeah. it and released it, and oh. it is they make very distinct, um, beautiful, often strange. I think they did the X. The movies. X film I talked about last they week. They probably yeah, they yeah. did that. They did Lamb. I mean, if you yeah. there are people who devote themselves to collecting all the 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 Blu-rays of all the A24 releases, and it's a Midsummer, yeah. and it's a pretty broad range of different stuff. So if you if you just Google A24 films, John, you'll go, okay, no, I've heard of these. I'm not interested in both of these probably, but they are very distinct. Well, flavor. And like, it's, a- it's an unusual thing in this business. A24 is headed up by the daughter of what a um, tech trillionaire, Ellison, isn't no. it? No, that's, uh, that's Annapurna. Oh, I thought. Annapurna. Yeah, no, Megan Ellis is the son of the founder of Oracle, the daughter of the founder of Oracle. But her brother runs Skydance. Yes, that's that just makes a different... more traditional movies. You're right. Though. Yeah, and Anna, Annapurna makes big studio movies, but they make movies like Zero Dark Thirty. They don't make Godzilla versus Kong stuff like that. I yeah, think exactly. Skydance made Top Gun Maverick, that sort of thing. So, well, I have something to say anecdotally. Did I say that right? Anecdotally. Close enough. Close, maybe no cigar. But we saw this movie Sunday, right? Yeah. And then Monday, the strangest thing happened. I'm taking my granddaughter home uh, after a whole day. And she lives up there in Lutherville. And we're driving parallel to this fox running, mm-hmm. running parallel to like he's in a race with us. And I said, Mara, look, at there's a fox running with us. She goes, oh, my gosh, there's a fox. And he was like running right with us and just jaunting, you know, how you see it, how beautiful a fox runs or walks gingerly. And trots. Trots, trots. exactly. Drew, he, he was trotting. Trot. And I, I stopped the car and um, we were watching them and he sort of stopped and I said, hey, buddy, like that. And he looked at us. I rolled the window down. I said, hey, buddy, like that. And he went like this and looked at us, like to nod. It was beautiful. And he said, go no further. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. There was only doom at the end. Did he tell you not to go to the Green Chapel in Lutherville? Yeah, I said, let's not go to the Green Chapel. You know, I, I assumed that the fox, you know, back to the symbolism of the movie, that the fox was somehow under the control of his mother. Maybe. 
But then he got asked, right? Isn't the father guy? Or did the mother assume he would fail when he went? I don't think I was wondering. No, I think no. I I don't think she was. I think she was hoping he would he would succeed. Yeah, but I'm thinking that perhaps I assumed that the fox was enchanted by the mother, and that the warning was from the mother because she assumed he was going to fail in there and end up dying. I think the fox was just a fox that could talk. That could talk. Yeah, the talking the talking throws off that theory a little bit, Debbie. Well, you know, it's just one of those talking foxes, you know. Yeah, you run into them every day. (laughs) Well, I, I, uh, I, we can rate this, I guess, but uh, I, I think it was a good, good choice. Yes. Yeah. And and you know, it's bold. It's bold to pick one you hadn't seen. Yeah, I like that, Drew. You didn't tell us that. I like that. Well, you know, I told you there was going to be two movies um, that because I didn't realize that you couldn't. Just rent this, and it would. It's yeah. fine if you didn't want to spend ten dollars to buy I had it, to or, buy or it or whatever. Yeah. I had to buy it. It was worth it. I I think it was worth it too, but I couldn't yeah. have told you that. You know, I hadn't seen it yet, so I was going to do an alternate. And the alternate was uh, a similarly light, uh, you know, high spirited, uh, fun movie called The Northman, um, oh. which is available, which I haven't watched yet either. But um, it, it was. Uh, it was really fun to do it this way. So I'm glad that you guys thought. Uh, even if you decided at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you. If you like it or you don't like it on a basic level, it's, you know, what did it say to you? What did you connect with? And this is a very rich movie, a very rich movie. All right. Well, let's rate it. Yippee-ki-yay. Yeah. I say yippee-ki-yay, John. I would say this. If you uh, just want to watch a movie, I can't recommend this. If you want to watch a movie and do a lot of research after you see the movie to make you appreciate it more, then I would recommend this. So I'll give it a yippee-ki-meh. Yeah. Okay. Now you I have something Drew? I want to talk what about, about you, before. Drew? What do you say, Drew? Drew, Drew said yippee ki yay. It turns okay. out. Okay. I want okay. to talk about something before we. So Debbie's got the next film. Yes. Debbie's the last. So we we'll deal with that. I want well, to talk about John. Don't you want to spin it and we'll make sure we don't need to spin it. She's already got it. Debbie, you're in. Do you know the movie yet? Yes, I do. You already know it. Yes. It's been a long time. I've been wanting to present this film, Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Julia Roberts. Hugh, Hugh Grant? Yeah, Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you said it was brave to pick a film I hadn't seen, and the reason I took that chance is because of Debbie's inspiring Spitfire Grill episode. Because yeah. <laughs> I said, either way, it's going to be good stuff. Notting Hill. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So, Notting Hill. Notting I'll go, I'll Hill. Go back now, to why? Hill. Let me ask you this. Why? Wow. What's the purpose of that one? What it's are you trying to purpose? favorite scene. There's a scene in that film that's my favorite scene. So you're picking a movie, you're showing a movie for one scene. Now, don't tell us the scene. Yeah, don't. That our, our game will be to guess your favorite scene. Okay, you know okay. what it is. I don't know. I've, I've, I think I've seen it once a long time ago. I don't remember. Okay, quickly. John sent a video to prove me wrong oh, okay. about Spencer yeah. Tracy one oh, I'm right. driving. I sent a response back, and I get no response because he did a little something at the end that blew his whole cover. This is a little experiment based on the movie last night. I'm going to drive. I drive a stick. I'm going to drive with one hand and see if Spencer Tracy could have driven that Jeep with one hand and still able to shift. Okay? You can see my left hand. I just shifted. Now I'm taking a turn. As long as the camera doesn't fall. What did I do that blew the cover? Okay. Oh, you go on the highway, right? Yeah. And your, your cell phone fell. Yeah, and you immediately grab the steering wheel with your left arm to go grab well, your cell phone. Well, oh, I was 
I was fooling myself for five minutes before the thing flew Well, because it was smooth riding. It was smooth riding, but all of a sudden you get one little bump. No, that's not fair. Method actor, no way. No way. Like I said, like I said, you know what that scene? You know what that movie needed? They needed a scene where he's doing one arm push ups in his room. Um, that would have been way, very impressive. We got a few more subscribers this week, <laughs> um, so I so we are getting more subscribers, and I just want to make sure out there you subscribe. Yeah, you, you wait a minute, wait a minute. Did Start I say out. one thing? Are yeah. you not? This is it. You're just gonna let that hang like that? Well, I want well, because you're you're wrong. This you movie. grabbed your. You I grabbed proved it. <laughs> you didn't prove. I'll show. I the was video. down hey. a side street. Going through lights, one hand on the wheel, then shifting and putting the wheel, hand back. The on minute the wheel. you hit a bump, you and you're, and the minute you hit that. a bump, and your I phone didn't fell, hit a bump. you grabbed that on ramp, and the phone flew off the dash. What the well, hell? When Ernest Borgnine hit him from behind, he didn't have the luxury of grabbing that steering wheel. You're just a arms. hater. Back into the left. Back into the left. Back into the left. <laughs> I do want to say about that episode. One yeah. of my favorite writer directors, Whit Stillman, a blue star on Twitter. Liked our episode. Nice on Twitter. Nice. I mean, who doesn't love Spencer Tracy? That's the thing, right? I exactly. Mean, exactly. exactly. Oh, the King was great. He he said, you know, he two minutes. He was awesome. Don't make one. John, see, this is what Spencer I'm talking Tracy about. was just staring with his mouth open. That's right. That's what he did, John. At the time, Spencer Tracy made that movie. He only had three Oscars. So you can understand Ralph's not impressed. They gave him away. Ten one-arm yeah, push-ups. They gave, him away. they gave out six best actor Oscars every year, John. It Oscars. wasn't special. He won an Oscar. You get an Oscar. You get an yeah, Oscar. You, you get yeah. an Oscar. There you go. Everyone gets them. Right. Oh my All right. god. Two weeks. Okay. All right. Excellent. Two weeks with pay. What's oh, that movie for? Good. When do we get paid? Yeah. World needs another bartender. <laughs> I don't know what's that from. The Departed. All oh, right. The, yeah. Two weeks with pay. Man, you were that bot. You got that Boston accent down, Ralph. You must the Academy working. Award for Best Boston Accent. I got it work, working. I got it working. Yeah, I got my Boston accent going. It's all wicked right. good. Everybody have a wicked good weekend. Pretty smart. See you in a couple weeks, all right? All right. Hey guys. Good job, everybody. Bye. 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 Thank you.